Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 230, The Coolant Conundrum. Uh, This one, again, is from a trade magazine. It happens to be called Import Car, and it's written by an Andrew Markell, which, again, he's a very prolific uh, technical writer, always usually has good stuff. Um, This one's going to be kind of a quickie, probably, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes, but we're going to talk about different kinds of coolant and the fact that, you know, the the necessity and the fact and the need that you've got to make sure you're using the right coolant for the car you're working on, whatever that may be, so... It is important because <clears throat> there's a lot of different coolants out there. So, um, so again, this is from Import Car, Andrew Markell, and uh, the coolant conundrum. What is the correct formulation for late model imports? Coolant for European vehicles has always been confusing. With a multitude of colors and replacement intervals, even with the same make, it can be difficult to keep up with what is correct without service information and the data sheet from the coolant manufacturer. But it wasn't always this way. In the 1960s, coolant was changed twice a year. In the fall, antifreeze with ethylene glycol-based coolant was put into the engine to prevent the coolant from freezing and cracking the block when a cold front hit. Often, if the engine got hot, the antifreeze would boil off. In the spring, the engine would be drained and filled with water and maybe a small can of an anti-corrosion treatment. Drivers who forgot to change coolants often ended up with a cracked block on the first day of below 32 degrees or of an overheating problem on the first warm day. It was a major hassle for consumers and ecological nightmare for shops. Later in the decade, year-round coolant with, with better glycol-based chemistry was invented. Lower phosphate coolants were introduced for European vehicles. Their coolants, these coolants were designed for a European market where the tap water contained more trace minerals. All-season coolant used inorganic acid technology and worked great for almost 30 years, but it had a limited lifespan of 30,000 miles. In the late 1990s, some manufacturers switched to organic acid technology that offered a longer replacement interval. Other changes in coolants were made to protect bimetal engines that had cast iron block and aluminum head. Gaskets changed to compensate for the different rates of expansion. Many switched from fiber head gasket to multi-layer steel gaskets, head gaskets. Also, on the intake, many OEMs switched to carrier-style gaskets that used a plastic frame. Other changes in chemistry took place to reduce chemicals that could contaminate the catalytic converter since most OEMs were on the hook for a 100,000-mile emissions warranty. The next step was hybrid organic technology, which is known as HOT, H-O-A-T, that had higher concentrations of silicates to protect the aluminum. The Holt coolant was used by both European and Asian manufacturers. Holt coolants meet G5, G11, and G12 specifications and may be yellow or orange in color. The next evolution occurred around 2006 with the phosphate hybrid organic acid technology. This technology has lower silicate levels and phosphates are used in the coolant to protect the engine. These coolants are typically for Asian makes and can have a red or blue color. In Europe, silicone organic acid technology started to come in at 2020 in newer vehicles. 
This typically pink coolant includes silicates in the additive package. Sea oat coolants can last between 125 to 150,000 miles. Many of these coolants can meet G12 plus plus GT, I'm sorry, G13 and specific manufacturer formulations. What should you use? The chemistry of coolants and additive packages have changed since the first year-round coolants. Some of these changes were to increase maintenance intervals, but the majority of the advancement were in response to changing engine technologies. These changes make choosing the correct coolant difficult. Downgrading the coolant to a previous technology does more than change the maintenance interval. The changes in chemistry can damage gaskets and even cause contamination issues like gelling. At the same time, trying to use the latest coolant in, order, in older systems might cause issues. What is the best solution? You can use a coolant as long as it is compatible with the manufacturer's recommendation. This can require two pieces of information. The recommended coolant can be found in the service information or the owner's manual. The next piece of information is the data sheet for the new coolant. Don't trust the back of the bottle for some brands. Additional information to see if the coolant meets the requirements can be found on their website. There are no shortcuts, but some coolant manufacturers are getting better about formulating coolants that can meet multiple manufacturer specifications. The other piece of advice is to look at the service information for the filling and bleeding procedures. On some German SUVs with rear heater cores, starting with the removal of the petcock could make for a lengthy bleeding process. Some European vehicles also might have a cooler for the dual clutch management, I'm sorry, dual clutch transmission that might require extra steps. So that's that one. Uh, just to, you know, like I say, a quickie on different kinds of coolants. It doesn't, uh, we don't get, you know, real involved with the chemistry and stuff, but that's okay. You know, Ooh, excuse me. Oh boy. Um, so anyway, hopefully you got something out of that one. A uh, little, little nugget there about different kinds of coolants and stuff. So, uh, appreciate you listening. Again, if you want to get a hold of me via uh, email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn under uh, uh, Brad's Motorworks. So check that out if you feel so inclined. And other than that, uh, like I say, I hope you got something out of it. I hope it uh, was interesting for you. I hope you have a fantastic day and great tomorrow. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you. And thank you again.